Welcome to the Winest Shuffle, the Everness Caledonian Thistle FC fan podcast, the podcast that is talking shopping. On this pod, big dunks, Highland clearance sale, prices slashed across the board, crazy deals on fullbacks and central midfielders. You'd be mad to miss it. But he's also done some shopping in the high-end department stores of Leeds, Newcastle, Everton and Luton, plus football, Wraith and Queens. All that and 29 years worth of ICT reference packed into every wild conjecture and mild distraction. Let's show. Tiny duty, no water sale for shitty weather, drugs and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. What did Tarzan see when he found a screwdriver? There's it. Welcome one and all to the Winest Shuffle. I am Andrew Moffat and joining me today for the supermarket sweep is Sandy Sutherland, Barneys. All right. Hello all. Stevie Riley, PC Coots. How you doing? <laughs> Hello. And Andrew Young, Pentangle. Hello. Member of Pentangle. Yeah, I do, but nobody else listening to it <laughs> just a <bit> well. <laughs> right, okay. Target reference. Uh, right, kick off. Be- kick off. Let's do best and worst. What I'm going to ask you one question, two questions, sort of, uh, and you're going to tell me what's the best and what's the worst for you. What is the best signing, our best signing of the window to date, and what is our worst loss, Stevie? I'll say long term. I'll say Cami Care long term. I think he fills a void at the back with a bit of experience, and uh, yeah, saw him at race last week. I thought he was pretty composed. He's He's only 28. I feel like he's been 35. He's been about for so long, but yeah, he's still got use on his side, and I think he sort of shows that that, that, that sort of right back spot that we were we were missing. Biggest loss to Carson. I'll go with Welsh for the uh, influence off and on the pitch. He's a sort of, as we said, I think in the last pod, he's a, a silent leader. Does he sort of talking on the pitch rather than verbally? But look at the impact he had at Queen's Park. The first game with a goal, and yeah, got a red card the following week. But I think. On and off the pitch, I think he's our, our biggest loss so far, mate. Yeah, I was going to say Kerr, um, because he's, you know, I think he's got a bit of character about him. I think Samuel does as well, you know, um, he seems to be a player that will just give you absolutely 100%. And he might be a player that the ball sticks to up front. He obviously had a great debut, not as effective on Saturday, but then the whole team were like that. But I think, yeah, I'll see him. And for exits, leaving aside Wotherspoon, who we've discussed already, uh, for me, definitely Welsh as well. I think Welsh, um, it's not just about his leadership, it's also about him giving us something a bit different in terms of his movement and the passes he can see in the pitch. We talked about it last uh, podcast. I think it's going to be a huge, huge miss because I don't think we've replaced that creativity. I'll say Alex Samuel as well, uh, but uh, I'll give it for different reasons because uh, it's really funny, the kind of upset that it's caused over the bridge. One, because they're really annoyed that they've let him go and two because he's had a really good start with us and you know quite happy to keep that one keeping on the lads have said well so I'm, I'm gonna say Carson for sort of similar reasons a lot of experience not as uh, as much of a creative player as Welsh but you know a lot of a lot of endeavor a lot of effort that we've lost in kind of one go there and when it comes to Sean Welsh I may not have agreed with it, but I could understand it. You know, his family were down the road. It kind of made sense for him to move on. I get the impression that David Carson was a bit more settled here. And I think it's it's one, it's certainly a player that I would have hung on to for as long as we could. You know, you need players like that when you're in a dogfight. He might not be the most skillful player, but he's somebody that gives you 100% every time. And I think we'll miss that along the way. Looking at where our wins have come from, I think the biggest loss is Wotherspoon. 
and that's only because not because the other two players are more important Welsh and Carson that's only because we haven't replaced those goals from midfield and then we only won six games in the league and at least three of those are because of David Wotherspoon so that's the biggest miss for me um, but the biggest um, yeah, the biggest the best addition the best probably is Samuel just because of goals just because I think you'll get goals you'll get us up the pitch but I think you'll get goals okay right let's go game by game Right, game by game. We're just looking. This is a very short pod, probably about an hour long. I've got a really bad cold, and um, you know it was going to be a really positive podcast um, because I was at Wraith Rovers, and uh, it was it was fantastic. We'll talk about these two games, you know, in in, in a water. Um, I was at Wraith Rovers. Samuel, incredible first half hat trick. Nine minutes um, after Wraith Rovers um, opened the scoring, and then Lewis Vaughan gives him a bit of hope. In the second half, and then that last 15, 15 minutes, I mean, I think we, I don't say we're hanging on, but I was really, I was crapping myself because I thought this is, you know, this is a bon- this is a bonus. If we get the points here, this is three bonus points because if we have a performance like that, and we did, then we're playing Queens Park the next week against the pragmatic Callum Davidson side. We're going to win that. So I'm up the road, go to the game. Um, second time I've seen Queens Park at home in Inverness this season, and. What we saw, what the home fans saw, was utterly at odds with what we saw on the pitch in Kirkcaldy, Stevie. Um, Sandy, you were, at, you were at both of the games as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point in the first half against Queen's Park do you go, well, hang on here, These are, this is the same eleven. I, I kind of felt it very early on, and, and this this is kind of borne out of the, the last sort of couple of home games prior to that. The one I kind of make reference to more so is the Morton game. The tone of it was set very early on, and you could just tell by the way we were kind of playing. It was very kind of sluggish. It was just lacking the same sort of intensity that it was uh, again th- than what we had against Wraith. And you could just tell, you know, I know it sounds really doom and gloom, but you could just tell from really early on we weren't going to win the game. You know, and that has unfortunately been the way it's been for us for, for quite an extended period now at home. And you know, the longer you go on like that and, and not scoring, you know, you're just begging to get soccer punched and it happened to us against United and it happened to us again against Queen's Park. But yeah, I'm the same as yourself. I was really kind of G'd up. I was lucky enough to get down to the eighth game the week before and I thought that was probably the best team performance I'd seen all season. And when you consider the amount of debutants we had in the team as well, you know, you could have been forgiven for thinking it was a, a huge risk. And yeah, when I saw it was the same team, I thought it made sense. But yeah, we just we just never got going. You know, we just it was all it was more of the same. It was it was the horseshoe football again. You know, wasn't it? And it it suited Queens Park perfectly. It gave them time to get everybody back behind the ball. And this once we decided to start pushing forward at that point, it was too congested, and that just set the tone for the whole game. And like I say, it's been like that the last two three home games now. And you know, when you see it like that, it's little wonder we're struggling at home. Not just for wins, but but for goals as well. Stevie, in, in the Wraith game, he's he's put Chilakoa, Mullen, and um, Savage and Kerr right in there, straight in. I think we were all uh, a lot of people were surprised. Maybe not about Kerr, but certainly about the two centre halves. Given that we had had adequate centre halves in there already, he's put them straight in. And and I mean, we were all really surprised by it. By it. I don't think we. Could, I'm not going to come to you and go, "How surprised were you?" But were you more surprised? But like how well they actually settled into the game. Those two. I thought, I thought, I mean, I think the two of them, it was their first ever 
professional start, wasn't it? Um, in the top division, the first time we played in that, I think the first time we played in a plastic pitch, I think Ferguson said after the game. So if you put those elements together, it was a good performance. I think in the bigger picture, listen to Sandy, and it's I think this has been growing prior to Ferguson, even before Dodds. We struggle to beat teams at home that camp in a little bit. We've always had that issue at home. I mean, we away from home, Wraith Rovers weren't great, but they came at us, which gave us gave us a lot of space and we could attack them. But see, at home, if you look at years gone by, Queen of the South at home, Morton's at home, these those Hamilton's at home, any team that comes up and sort of plays a sort of defensive formation against us, we're, we're screwed. We can't beat them. And it's it's no Ferguson and Dodds. It's been before that. Um, it's such a difference away from home. And I don't know if it's a mentality at home or... There's a pressure. I mean, we went one 0 behind at Race Rovers, didn't we? And we were we didn't look like a team that were going to get beat. I mean, Shaw's pass for Samuel's first goal was delightful. I mean, it looked even better when I watched it back in TV, but it seems to be when teams come at us, even at home, like Dun United at home, we gave them a good game, we lost the game one 0 but we attacked them and we created chances. Saturday there was nothing. So this is a long standing issue that I don't know how we fix it. Is it a mentality or is it is it pressure of home fans? Is it the atmosphere? I don't know, but it's it's frustrating, mate. Anyway, what do you make of Samuel? We're going to cover everything in this section. What do you make of Samuel? Um, that first, uh, sorry, well, first league game, he's obviously scored the week before, but a hat trick there within 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the hat trick was really well taken, wasn't it? You know, um, he, so turned you it, he turned it in Duncan Ferguson, wasn't it? Is, yeah, I mean, just I mean, the strength. Obviously, we knew that was there, and we were told in advance that he was going to have that work rate. That he was going to really commit to it. Uh, I was really impressed by the way he kind of shrugged off um, defender for the first. You know, as Stevie said, it was a beautiful ball from Shaw. Uh, the second one, um, the technique was superb for that. Actually, he got a bit of space to take it down his chest. You know, but it's really good. And the third one, he was just you know he was in there fighting and he got his foot to it. You know, so it, it was like great striker play and showed a fair bit of technique. I didn't see as much of that on Saturday, to be honest, at the um, in the Queen's Park game. Again, as Steve says, that's partly because they were sitting deep and we have struggled yeah. to um, we struggled to sort of, um, you know, break teams down like that. But what we need, I mean, we need players, two things. Either we need players to commit defenders and take them on, you know, and actually, you know, run at them and, and take risks, I think, even if it means losing possession sometimes, because clearly passing around them isn't going to work. And the other thing we probably need, and this is what we'd hope Samuels would be doing, is that Samuels is holding the ball up and players around him are trying to make options for him to, to lay the ball off or to get the ball through or somehow. Um, that didn't really seem to work. It didn't stick as well with him as it might have done, although he was certainly fighting hard for it. Um, and he certainly wasn't getting you know the support around him. You know, People weren't really making those balls. That's what I'm saying. I think that's the sort of thing that Welsh, you know, you remember Welsh used to arrive late. That's the sort of thing he might have offered. Um and it's, you know, until we can find that, until we can find players that have got some way of unlocking defences, we are really, really going to struggle. One thing I will say is that I accept that it's very hard to find players like that. It's far easier to find big defenders because yeah. everyone's an athlete now. The players that come through and succeed in football tend to be the guys that probably train really hard, work really hard as um, as teenagers and as young people. And it's that type of player rather than the small, technically gifted players that tend to come through. So it's really hard to find those creative players. And yet, everyone's in the same boat in that respect. And we're sitting, you know, like a couple of points off the bottom for both when they're game in hand, you know. So, um, you know, other teams are finding a little more success. Other teams have got the likes of Don Thomas. So we need to try and find players like that somehow. Yeah. Two players there. McGregor was in the stands. I don't know if he was injured or not, but that surprised me how he was in the bench against Wraith in the stands. That worries me. Um, Brooks never got on. Uh, they, they, those are sort of players that could be your, your tens, couldn't they? And as I said, I don't think 
replace Wilkes that way, but we don't have a player that's holding the ball or somebody that's breaking the line beyond the striker. And Anderson's mm-hmm. maybe making it a bit flat at see, home. A, so. See Anderson, right? Anderson's a good a good player. Anderson is a good workhorse. He's a good engine, right? But see when, he, see, when he, see when he gets in the final third, and this was hugely evident again on Saturday against Queen's Park, when he gets in the final third, he doesn't have the ability. He doesn't have the ability to pick a pass. He doesn't have the ability to thread a pass. He doesn't have the creative ability and he doesn't have the finishing ability. But he is a good player. He just needs other players of differing ability around mm-hmm. him. And I don't think he's got that. Yeah. I feel against parties. This always was that he arrived in late. I mean, the goal was a scarf. I mean, we scored him at 10 seconds, 13 seconds, didn't we? But he made that run. But I agree. I think he's, he's not, maybe not getting the composure to be that sort of number 10 mm-hmm. and, and hit the ball from sort of outside the box. So. Against there, wasn't it? That, that that first goal against Dare away came from him pressing up the pitch, but that's only because he had the kind of freedom to do so because Sean Welsh started that game, didn't he? Ah, uh, and then air came out as well. It's, it's again, Sandy, it's away from yeah. home, teams yeah. come at us, and I don't know, it's just a mentality thing that's been that for years, as we know. I mean, those remember those midweek games against Queen of South when they were in our league beating us as well? Uh, and Ham- Ham- Hamilton last season as well, you know, especially the home games. Well. I know it's, yeah. it's all doing those midweek games in the winter time that seem to kill us, and yeah. Doug Emery sets his team up well against us. He's got our number this season, hasn't he? So, what is, is Ferguson get a style of play? Because I've seen a lot of them, right? I don't know if we get a style of play. Uh, is he overplaying it or does he not trust the players to sort of take onus and sort of he take men on? Is, he, is he does it have defensive? A, he does have a style of play. His style of play is possession. He, want, mm-hmm. he, want, he wants, so, style it's of play. Safety, though, though. It's possession, it's possession with intent, though, and it's possession just to hold the ball when doing no, that's it. Yeah. Mean, the horse it's, just, it, it's just possession. The style ah, of play yeah. is possession. That's it. No, possession no, at all no, costs. No, and then when we don't, then we, and then out of possession, it's compact. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very. I think he he said that before he even start before he didn't manage the game. You know, I'm I'm good at setting up teams. He is. He's good at setting up teams defensively. It's that sort of um, um, contradictory nature of you know John Hughes. You know, as a player. Versus John Hughes as a manager, you know, loves you know, totally what, what 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 totally opposite. Yeah, Ferguson as a player, Ferguson as a manager. It seems totally opposite. It seems counterintuitive, but that's for me. That's what style seems like. I mean, yeah. I what under Ancelotti and these. I mean, obviously his era, Howard Kendall, Everton. You can imagine that it's big, big Dave Watson in the back. It's pretty strict four four two, right? But look, back in the day, people played with wingers. Ancelotti played good football, so you think he'd learn with these guys. So is it is it because he wants to play a style of football, or does he not trust the players he's got? So execute that still, and he's maybe just going too I, defensive. I suspect a lot of it is. I mean, obviously he has to play with the players he's got, but I suspect a lot of it is uh, a philosophy and a style that he came in with. You know, thinking this this is how I want to play. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about wingers, you know, we all talk about wanting wingers, but so few these days. So few teams do play without out wingers. You know, it's, it's nearly always your your wing backs pushing forward and, and a narrower kind of three behind the striker. But um, that. The other thing I was going to say of him is, I mean, much as, you know, I'm not kind of like wanting to be too critical of him at this stage, especially as he's just betting on his new players. But I thought his interview at the end of the Queen's Park game was a little bit disingenuous and that he talked about creating lots of chances um, as if to justify that sort of possession. I, I agree with used to be, I think it's possession for possession's sake and not really possession with very clear intent. And most of the chances that he talks about were half chances from the edge of the box. The only all really clear. They're all set pieces as well, predominantly. Weren't yeah, they? mostly. There were one or two. I mean, Gilmore, Gilmore, who was best playing the park for us, actually. Uh, Gilmore yeah, was. engineered yeah. engineered a couple of chances for us, uh, but again, they were they were they were kind of shots from outside the box that were pretty ineffective. And there was that Samuel header from Cami Kerr's set piece from Cami Kerr's free kick, which which was I think the only clear chance we had. I mean, he talked a lot about Queens Park 
only having one shot and goal. The point was that Queen's Park's one shot and goal was a far easier, far clearer chance than any we had, you know, and that's kind of uh, that says something that we weren't able to create anything as clear as that. What's, um, I mean, uh, Gary Boland then, because Gary knows Scottish football pretty well. He's my, is he, I mean, I've saw him at touchlines, seem pretty vocal. Is, 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 he, is he doing it? You've seen that I've not seen because he's, as, as you see, it's just it's dumped way of the highway. So maybe he takes that philosophy on, but you think. I would look at it and go, let's change up here because I, I don't know. He did, Fer- Ferguson did change it up on Saturday. But it was a completely wrong I, decision. It, it, it gave Queen's Park more impetus in the game. If you're changing it up from position when you're playing five at the back, change it to three, four, three. Because you've committed to having you've committed to five at the back, you committed to three at the so you just go three at the back. So Leave your three at the back, back. And then if yeah. you want to want to push later, you push one. Um, defender at the midfielder switch for a central midfielder you put an additional striker on so then you can have three on you can have Mackay Samuel Brooks mm-hmm. new boy Pepo three from three from four you know mm-hmm. I don't know why we went four four two. I think it was a I think it was an odd decision I mean it was it was up there with the odd decisions um, the taking off of the three three centre halves yeah. at Starks Park and replacing them with three centre halves which, yeah. which, worked, which worked you know fair play it worked I've never seen it before I've never seen it but it worked I think the subs do seem a wee bit as if he's he's trying things out. And I know he has to do that, but you feel more comfortable doing that maybe if we're mid-table and maybe, you know, looking at a season where we're safe but not really going to achieve anything. As it is, we're seriously in threat of rele- under threat of relegation. And it just right. felt that some of them were a wee bit kind of... I, I didn't quite see the logic in... You know, for example, Mullen coming off um, that early. I thought Mullen had a decent game, you know. The error came from um, Savage's side. For, for Thomas, and, and you've, yeah, and you've got boys on the bench ready to come on. So I was surprised that he came off. For example, um, I, I just felt that there was a wee bit of kind of let's throw this at the one, see what sticks, you know. And I, that's again, that's maybe being a bit harsh on him, but I, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm still I not wonder, quite I, seeing logic. I wondered if the Mullen one was because he got he picked up a booking in the first half. Did he not get through him when he was getting taken off? I tell that that happened. He Aye, did. They said he, he said he gave away a free kick or something. Aye, and that so, was why he took yeah. him off. Aye, it was the same with taking Max Anderson off. I didn't really understand that one either because he was kind of doing his bit and he looked just as baffled as kind of the rest of us when he he saw his number up. So yeah, I guess was I suppose he's the logical player to be replaced by McAllister and he wants to see McAllister, but. You know, as you say, Anderson's got that kind of that strength, that sort of experience. So maybe, maybe keep him on for a bit longer. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think again he's he's not terribly threatening, Anderson. He'll keep possession without doing that much with it. But at the same time, you you know, yeah, I thought Anderson, I I thought that McAllister was heralded as possibly a, a ten from mm-hmm. you know the, the club the club not anyone else the club shared. I think it was a. Oh, uh, highlight package. Highlights package, yeah, yeah. I'm scoring goals from essentially a 10 position. Um, so I was expecting Shaw to go off because he was yeah. absolutely absent on Saturday. I thought he was super poor. I thought he was really good second half against Wraith Rovers. I thought he was really mm. poor against Queen's Park. Whether that's a case of, you know, that he couldn't find the space because we were talking about it, it was really overloaded in that central area. But I thought he was really poor and I was just surprised to see him stay on. I thought uh, he struggled against United in the home game. Yeah. Um, he just—he's not comfortable playing deeper. You know, he is—he yeah. is an out-and-out wide player, and he's been asked to play a more central, sort of deeper role. He can do the ten, but again, that's more of a forward role in itself. Yeah, yeah he's not comfortable. He's not been comfortable there for some time, and yeah, it kind of 
it surprises me that he's still kind of in the team as well. And, you know, when you're talking about looking for players to push forward, you would expect him to be that player, but I don't know if it's maybe, the, you know, he's a very much a confident player. He did well against Wraith, but even then there was times in the game where you could tell he wasn't too sure of himself. And it was the same on, on Saturday again. He's just, he's not, he's struggling to adjust to the way we're playing right now, I think. And it's it's hurting his game and not just I him. I think he's just a player like a, like a Dan McIraway. He goes and runs like, three or four games playing great and then can, I don't know if he hides that's a bit harsh because he was good last week, but he can sort of, he's, he's a quiet character. He just sort of, sort of falls into the background a wee bit and uh, goes, goes within himself. But I can agree, mate. He's, he's, he's certainly been back a wee bit. And he's a player that can do better because we've seen him do better. But yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily him Playing poorly, I think the system is is kind of killing him in terms of what he has to offer the team. Aye, I, th- I feel I feel like I feel like we're kind of hamstrung a little bit now because of the the sort of the ins and outs. We don't really have any players that offer us to play away different way if we start looking for it. If we decide that this isn't working, so I feel like we're kind of stuck with this for the foreseeable, whether we like it or not. It's a case of the team needing to kind of dig deep in the games that matter now. Well, that's a good segue. Let's let's move on. To the window. You got no soul, rubber bumpers. Spit that. Well, well, well. Duncan Ferguson hasn't messed about. He's got rid of these players quicker than some politicians delete their WhatsApps. It's 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 a bedtime ritual for Ferguson. I think he deletes a player <laughs> every night before his kip. <laughs> Allah Jason Leach. A uh, little bit of politics. Yeah, what we do ins outs. And then look at what you could have won. Um, who's come in? Let's go. Let's, let's let's go with the last guy to uh, to enter the building. Um, Stevie, I think you wanted to pronounce his full name. <laughs> you know, after about seven pages of Guinness, I'll probably nail it next time I see him in person, mate. But yeah, big Bim. I'll stick to Bim. Uh, was it Arabin Pebble? Um, yeah, I don't know about research on him. Played with William Macio in uh, Canada, so that'll be interesting. See how he gets on with the. The local nights out, but I think uh, one of his players, I think it looks good on YouTube and the highlights, and um, certainly a big athlete. Is anyway, we're saying a lot of these players, if you're an athlete, you're fast, you seem to have a chance, but not seen him, mates, so I don't know. But he's must have a decent pedigree. He looked and picked him up, didn't he? From Talvary, where um, Charlie Trafford now captains in place, so there's a little link there as well to Inverness, but yeah, don't know much about him, mate. But he's, I think he's going to, he's not going to start ahead of um, Samuel and, and Mackay, but no. That third striker we need, and looks like Ferguson doesn't fancy Brooks, so yeah, could be good, mate. But yeah, what a name he's got! But I know yeah. you're going to try and pronounce it because you're looking at your phone and it's like a Welsh town, isn't it? So I'm go? not going to pronounce it. I mean, I'm oh, looking yeah. at it and I'm still not going to pronounce it. I'm, no, even if you slow down, you start segmenting it to three or four different yeah. bits, it's impossible, yeah. mate. But uh, I noticed that he was, he was born on Christmas Day and his middle name is Emmanuel. So Alex Samuel should be very impressed having a, a strike partner, Alex Samuel being a, a very committed uh, Christian, so yeah. Born in England, wasn't he? They moved to Canada as a kid, is that right? Some, some... I think I saw that. Aye. Yeah, Aye, he did. He did. He did. He did come on actually on um, Saturday and uh, didn't really. I mean, he didn't really have much that he could do. He chased one through ball. I think didn't quite get to it. Yeah, and he was about he's about six inches off getting his foot to a a Gilmer shot that flew wide. So he might have got. You know, could have maybe got a, a goal. He beat a yeah. player in the first time he got the ball. That's right, actually. Yeah, he did that. That was, one thing. So that was a nice little thing. But um, otherwise, you know, really very hard to tell anything about I t- him. I say that. that that's noted because we don't actually seem to beat players a lot 
Cammy mm-hmm. Harper wants to go back all the time. Uh, so to see him beat a player, I was, you know, it's actually get off, got off my seat. Um, yeah, and if, if you try to Google his name, Google uh, makes you think you're looking for a pedal bin. So in case you're Googling. Um, Remy Savage. We're going to be seeing Remy Savage next season because he is a, he's signed a full-time deal, Steve, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it's a full-time deal, deal, contract. I keep my deal, so it's quite surprising we signed him. I'm not surprised we signed another defender because they were coming in left, right and centre, but that he's a full-time contract because he'd be on good money at Newcastle. But yeah, Ferguson must have liked when Newcastle. His son was there, wasn't he? I think he's just been released. But um, I looked all right against Rays Rovers. Looked pretty decent. Um, him and the boy Mullen looked pretty similar. A couple of SI show Bob characters they could uh, fill in for there. But um, I just a big player and uh, mm. yeah, looked good. Slotted down well against Rays Rovers and yeah, one for the future and we've got him tied up. I did wonder why he went straight in, and, and in the Wraith Rovers game, you can see why he went straight in. It's because he's a left-sided centre half, plays with his left foot. So Ferguson's obviously um, focused on getting opening opening up the pitch by having a left-footed and a right-footed centre half. I think Mullen could play left side only, because I signed him a football manager for Fleetwood last year, and uh, <laughs> I remember the name. So it was good for me. I actually got a move to Hull City, so the future's right for me. But he was in football manager, obviously football manager's uh, gospel. He's like a sort of defensive midfielder left centre so it might be more versatile than what we first think maybe that's a good thing because we've also many players that can play in multiple positions don't we so, yeah well, I maybe. was a bit worried by Savage's propensity Sandy to just like shell the ball up the channel constantly mm. Mm. yeah didn't quite come to fruition against Queen's Park because there wasn't really anything to aim at it was unfortunate as well because obviously the, the goal Dom Thomas's goal came from him kind of getting sold far too easily as well. But, you know, he's it sounds t- like he's very new to first-team football, so he might be a bit raw still, but there is definitely potential there. You could see it in the Wraith game. And, you know, he's obviously got something about him because I think Newcastle paid about quarter of a million to get him from, from Liverpool, so they obviously sort of saw something in him at, at, at some point. Like the others, he, he, he needs time. And, you know, there's, there's definitely potential there. It's all about giving him the games and giving him those opportunities. And that's yeah. what Dunk says he's, he's keen to do with them. Uh, one thing I don't get is, apart from the fact maybe that he's permanent and Boyce is alone, but why why does Boyce go out of the team? Boyce was one of our best players in the previous yep. few games. Um, it seemed to me unnecessary tinkering, you know, unless it's about trying to bed in a player that's going to be with us for the long term. Um, and he's not really a similar player. Boyce, Boyce carries the ball quite by a lot of defence, whereas you say Savage Very seemed good. to be quite keen to get rid of it. And a few of those were misplaced, although the wind may have had something to do with that. So you don't want to be too harsh. But I think I just think Boyce has been harshly treated there. Mm, yeah, I agree. Um, so Chilicoa Mullen from Leeds United, um, Scotland under twenty one international, and I met his his dad at the Kirkcaldy train station uh, on the way back from the the Wraith game. He came over and said, "Oh, you boys were good today, or something." I went, oh, "Are you are you a Rovers fan?" He goes, "Oh no, I'm a father, one of the players." Um, so I try to. He wouldn't give me any more. I was like, so do you think he'd be here next season? <laughs> but he wouldn't give me any info. Uh, but I think he's just happy to get minutes. But he he looks like a real player, Stevie. A real, like a good, like a, he's really good on the ball. He wants to bring it out, you know, an exciting defender. And that's maybe why, I mean, I'm, I agree with why in boys. I mean, even Udger to a little extent, I think from Harsley treated, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, yeah, he looked comfortable. Um, and yeah, football manager's right, and he can play maybe defensive midfield as well. So he's maybe got a little bit about him because I think boys long term can be a defensive midfielder as well. He's that comfortable in the ball. I think he could distribute the ball well. But yeah, I think he's he's, he's going to give these boys a lot of game time, which 
yeah, I don't know why boys are still here if he's not going to play them. Cool. Well, we, there's a lot of talk about um, national conscription recently and um, toughening the young up, which is what the Scousers are doing by sending their youth to the Highlands. We talked about Carriker on the last pod. We've got McAllister in now. Um, he's actually a Northern Ireland under-21 international, am I right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, as his, he, he looks good in highlights. It'd be good to see him play further forward if he can score a goal. Um, what do you think? What do you think from Saturday, Sandy? Again, similar to Savage, quite raw, but there there was moments in the game he played one absolutely blinding switching ball out to the right. I think it was to Kami Kerr, and it was an absolute cracker. And I'm looking, thinking, yeah, you've got you've got something about you. But yeah, watching the reels and also looking at his appearances for the the youth team, a lot of it was spent further up the pitch. So I was kind of hoping to see him play that kind of ten role. Uh, when he got on, but by that point we'd already kind of changed our shape, and uh, that that sort of put him in a, a kind of deeper role. And he did he did get caught uh, kind of on his heels a couple of times by by Queens Park, but you know he's a young boy, and again he's obviously quite new to the first team football, so it's it's going to be an experience for him before anything else. But yeah, there's there was one or two kind of fleeting moments where I liked what I saw. I'm hoping that we'll get to see a bit more as as the games progress. Yeah, and we talked about. Kerr already really he, he's going to be well he already is very good um, Carriker we talked about in the last pod Pepe we talked about already Alex Samuel we talked about so that's them all covered 7 in and uh, 10 out um, 10 David Carson Zach Delaney Sean Welsh David Wotherspoon Keith Bray Ethan Cairns Jake Davidson Lewis Hyde Robbie Thompson Killian Sheridan that's that's a lot of players let's talk about let's talk about Davy Carson first um, a traitor going to Livingston, eh? Going to like we used to hate them. They used to hate us. That's been well, forgotten about. I think. Uh, I think the boys have said start. I think David was stayed. I think if there was a an offer there, I think it was pretty evident. It was maybe told to wait until the summer. Um, but he's got a young family, isn't he? And uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing the Premier League very long because they are going right back down. But um, yeah, maybe opposite to Wellspoon, who Wellspoon who moved down for um, families. I think David would have stayed, but. Aye, he's he's a he's a he's a character, isn't he? I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll miss that. He's maybe not most not the most talented football player, but lovely guy, decent right back, probably probably a bit underappreciated midfield because we we forgot it was midfield midfielder for that long, didn't we? That he was he's a right back for so long, but I think he'll be a big miss off and on the pitch. Similar to Welsh as well, you know. We don't have many low characters, and I think we'll talk about it later. We've got a lot of lone players in when we're in a relegation battle. Um, we need a bit of character because a lot of these young boys won't have been in that situation. We've all been at academies where there's no really relegation and yeah, we're in the mix, aren't we? So players like Carson could have helped us out. So yeah, big miss. You've been a good foil for a lot of those young boys, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's what kind of it's a lot of uh, a lot of grit to kind of cut out your team in one go between the two of them, but especially Carson, because I think he would have he would have stayed. And I think you you could see from the Wraith game, I mean maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but the fact that we'd signed Kerr made me think that his kind of first team days were, were more or less kind of done under Dunk. And I'd imagine that's probably what's taken him away more than anything. Cause if you're not playing that the chance of that contract getting offered to you becomes kind of thinner. And right. you know, he's probably got you know, he's having to think differently now because he's obviously got a family and all that. So he's probably thinking long term security. But like when Allardyce left for, for County, you know, because there was a bit more money on the table, I'd imagine he's got to start thinking like that well, himself now. It's not just about sort of his career anymore. So mm-hmm. he, he'll be missed, absolutely. But, um, you know, 
the the Livy rivalry is a bit too uh, a bit too before my time. Uh, I wish him all the best. Oh, very much. Back in the day, back in the day, would have been raging like the Davy yeah. Souza days and Barry Wilson days, but. Aye, that's just loved in the no, we, we do we do wish, wish him all the best and we have done on, on online and I'm sure you have um Absol- messaged absolutely. him, Steve. And uh, we might we might get him on. We might get him on, eh? Aye, yeah, hopefully next month, aye. Yep. Um so we Zach Delaney we did in the last pod, Sean Welsh did in the last pod, David Wotherspoon did in the last pod. Keith Bray, I think we've talked about him already. Um, we've talked about him already. He's a good wee attacking player. It'd be great, great to see him come on for us at the end of games if we're got happened to go to a four four two. Needed somebody that can beat players, but he's he's not here. Um, yeah, see that though. Yeah. See young players, and we won't dive too much into Robbie Thompson and Keith Bray. I think are both good players, but when you bring all these lone players and young boys in, it can bring it can lift squads, but it can demoralise young players like that as well. Like say Keith Bray, Robbie Thompson, that you bring young boys in who. I'm not going to say they're worse than these players, but they might not be that much better. But then it, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of kick the teeth bringing so many lone players in. So we can I, maybe I, talk about it in the no. I think that, let's talk about it. He, now, said, you he, know said, he said it. He said it. He said it in his presser. Um, I can't remember if it was after the Wraith game or if it was last week in the build-up to the Queens Park game. He said that he's all about giving young boys a chance, and he used the Wraith game as an example. And that was my first thought: was we've got quite a lot of decent young players here. You know, maybe not all of them are first team ready, but we knew there was certainly a couple, or you know, two or three at least that are that are there. Um, they've not had a sniff. So, know. yeah, touch, touch, a slight touch of double standard there. Maybe Stevie hits a nail on the head there, and that's we have we brought these uh, loan players in. They are young players. Uh, they're from academies in England, so they've potentially being coached at a higher level than our young players, right? Nobody is is uh, questioning that, you know. Nobody's questioning that. But I think what you sort of intonated there, Steve, what what it certainly um, brings to my mind is if we're in a relegation fight, mm-hmm. who's going to care more? A lo- yeah. a young loan player from England, albeit he's a better standard of player, or a local Cali Thistle, future. Yeah. yeah, a local yeah, nice boy, or mm-hmm. I know Keith mm-hmm. Bray's from the Western Isles, but mm-hmm. um, you know who's going to care more. No, no, and, you're going to care more. No, and those, these boys, right, and Baron Savage are going to go back to their academies next year on a good wage. I mean, I think the reason why we've got these players from big, big clubs is because they'll pay 100% of the wages. We'll be paying nothing apart from overheads in terms of flats, right? They're not coming from League One, League Two. So I see, maybe see why the mentality is. But like some McAllister or Pebble, are they better than a Robbie Thompson or a, a Keith Spray? I don't know. And that's the thing. And if you're Keith Bray and Robbie Thompson, I'd be demoralised. I know there are weight clubs now getting first-team football, but it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit of kick. If he doesn't tell you our upcoming youth academy that we're not looking at our own before we mm-hmm. bring eight loan players in, which for me, eight loan players is a joke at any level. It's just too much. But we must, we must have known this was going to happen when Duncan Ferguson got the job because Duncan Ferguson's got to, you know, set out his stall to the board and say, this is what I'm going to do. Eight loan players? I don't think I've seen eight loan players coming, mate, because, I no. mean... I think I think it's it, I think the strategy changed. I think he's seen what's there. He doesn't fancy what's there. Um, I worry what, what we're going to be like this summer. Not 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 too dramatic, but we're going to have half did, a team because these boys are going back. So we did the maths actually um, on Thursday, Friday, just before the, the game between loans going and players out of contract. That's twenty one, I think, that could potentially go, and that's just players that have played sort of first team. I'm not even looking at youth sort of players mm-hmm. or anything. That's a lot of bodies to to sort out. Come sort of May June time, an yeah. awful lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for me, and it, we're going to be rabble here, but what's the strategy long term? I mean, any any club yeah. business should have a strategy. 
you know, and I don't. I think we're just flying by seat of pants just now. We don't. We're trying to put square pegs in round holes. So I think we're just seeing what hits the wall and uh, hope for the best. That's why eight loans have come in. That's why I think so. Well, Too I think much. we're trying. To, I think we're trying to survive, aren't we? Anyway? Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the bottom line is he he will just say, I haven't seen it, you know, and these players, whether that's in training or on the park or whatever. Um, Brace the one that always kind of puzzles me a bit, you know. Brace the one that, that seemed to offer something different. That seemed to be some that would commit players and take people on. I'm really surprised that he isn't being kept as someone who could make an impact off the bench. Um, and yeah, I mean, Lewis Hyde's got a bit first team experience as well. You know, I think people are sort of, um, you know, I think opinions are divided on him actually. Uh, but you know, last season he had a few decent games in a team that. Okay, wasn't doing particularly well, but was doing better than this team at the moment, you know. And he also had that difficult sort of situation yeah. of trying to bed into a team that was struggling and that was really heavily beset by injuries. So I think he's maybe not been given quite enough of a chance to push on, you know. Um, Thompson, yeah, again, I haven't seen enough of, although the, the glimpses I've seen were, were good. But I think even if you keep, say, two. Right. and you try and keep them in, then what it does is it gives you know players who um, you know might be considering weighing up the choice between, say. County or Inverness joining an academy, thinking, all right, Inverness, these guys have come to Inverness, sort of thing. Because, you know, the likes of um, Ryan Christie and Liam Polworth, you know, this is getting quite far away now, you know, that we can point to players that have really, really pushed on from Cali Thistle, you know. So I think, in terms of, as you say, the club's identity and longer term strategy, it's sensible. But yeah, I suppose if, he, if Ferguson genuinely believes that the players he's bringing in because of the academies they come from, are more likely to have the the quality to keep us up, then fair enough. Stevie, you know, we'll can, we, can we recall any of these lone guys? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think any of the ones can be recalled. I think boys, that's uh, we did, we'd worry, didn't we, in a pod or two ago, that boys might get recalled oh, right. by Livingston. I think that inspired, so I think now it's, it's straight to so, end of so, so, for instance, um, Gil- 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 no. Gilmore gets injured, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anderson gets suspended. Right, nah, we'll so we couldn't. We could, uh, we've just put uh, Robbie Thompson, central midfielder, and um, Lewis uh, Hyde as well, completely central midfielder. Yeah. Albeit they're not to the level of what Ferguson wants, but we don't have any other central midfielders in the squad. I know you could have recalled them in maybe in January if they went out in August, right? You did you recall them in the window, but no, that's the end of the season. We could just let well, them. You just let them train with the first team, and if they don't get, they'll get in the squad, they'll get in the squad. But you know, we could be left I'd without imagine. any central midfield. I'd imagine Bray and Thompson must be training with us Monday to Friday. I mean, they're not they're not going part time. I mean, Spartans and Elgin yeah. are training twice a week, so they must still be in amongst the clubs on Monday, Wednesday. Probably doing Tuesday, sure. Thursday training down there. But um, I think it's only goalkeepers you could probably get in there, mate. Emergency loans if we do injuries. I think that's right. the thing we could. Or the I think Sandy alluded to it in social media day the the um, the, the the pink elephant was that the right the pink the the, the out of contract. Player, the oh. free the free agent who's you know like a a Scott Allen is uh, there any of them creeping around is there yeah, any of them still Ke- there Ke- Kelly Sheridan's playing okay. golf if we want to buy yeah last time we might be getting him back he might be coming back he might come back he has the free agent mate he's he's in the golf course every day so you know where to find him uh, just one player I think we haven't covered um, Jake Davis I see Jake Davidson I mean we've got to mention it I see Jake Davidson as that that monkey he's been trying to get out of the Highlands for months. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it nothing, wasn't he? I mean, it was he was the first big sort of signing of the summer, wasn't he? The right back that we wanted, and uh, yeah, just never worked from did it. You know, he, he sort of came on a little bit of game under Ferguson middle of December, didn't he? When with injuries and uh, 
looked all right, but the injury away game killed him for me. And it's the season that was, that was horrible. He never got up to a level where you think he's going to be a good right back for us. But then again, there's been times in the last two seasons where Cammy Harper has been really poor. He was even dropped for a, a short period of time. So yeah. you never, you never know. In a better team, he might have got better. But from what we saw, he probably didn't have the minerals. From what we saw, uh, when you saw, when you saw, he wasn't in the Wraith squad. Um, you just kind of had a feeling he'd be, he'd be one of the ones that would be, be off. Um, but it's, it's somebody we'll have to deal with in the summer because if he doesn't want to come back, they're going to have to readjust that because he's got another year's contract. Uh, so right. mm-hmm. Deal. Mm-hmm. he's one of the very few that could turn up at pre-season. But whether he wants to is another story. All right, um, let's have a look briefly at what some business that everyone else has done in the window. Um, we'll go through the clubs, but we'll sort of focus more on the ones that are pertinent from where we are in the league. So Airdrie brought on two players, one from Fulham, one from Rangers. Uh, they've only lost one player. Arbroath, they've obviously brought in Zach Delaney, Ennis Murray, Kyle Robinson, Gordon Walker, Max Boric, the goalkeeper, uh, Adam McKinnon from Ross County, and Connor Teal. But it's standard from our bro, a bunch of players you've never heard of. Um, and Joe, Joe Baldy's left, and Jermaine Hilton's actually just left on a free. Um, is there any danger of those players, um, chaps, if you know of any of them, improving their squad and getting them off the bottom of the league? We are both ones are a complete mystery to me. I have yeah. no idea. Airdrie, I think, I'd, Airdrie, I think will be fine anyway. You know, Airdrie have got a real identity and they've got a manager who's, you know, who knows the players very well as well. They've got this. So I, I think Airdrie are going to just uh, kind of finish comfortably mid table. You know, um, Queen's Park are the ones that worry me because they've, you know, not only have they beaten us on Saturday, but they've got Welsh now and they've brought in Danny Wilson, which looks like a superb signing. You know, so Queen's Park seem to have signed experienced players that have definitely that are definitely going to improve what they've got there. What they were lacking was experience, and they've now brought that in. You know, so I think they're they're going to be fine. They've hung on to Dom Thomas as well. There was a lot of mm-hmm. speculation about him leaving yeah. in the January window, and they've managed to hang on to him till the end of the season, and that well made the ultimate difference for them on Saturday. And he's a player that you know can make something out of nothing. So to have a player like that when you're scrapping to stay up is is huge. Player like that yeah. that we're missing, really somebody who can we, spark something out of nothing. We've got the biggest turnover. We've got a turnover of 16, 7 and 10 out. Or both have brought in 7 and Queen's Park have brought in 6 and Air have lost 6 and brought in 3. Um, did you say you think Queen's Park will be fine, Andrew? Yeah, I, I, I do. That's why um, Yeah, I just, I just think they've got um, better, you know, they've brought in better players. They've improved the squad and I think that... Um, Callum Davidson, although he didn't do particularly well, uh, you know, laterally at St. Johnson, I think has got a more pragmatic approach than um, Veldman had. You know, Veldman and uh, uh, Marion Booker between them were very much trying to impose a philosophy on the club, um, a kind of long-term philosophy, when the championship's all about kind of short-term survival. You know, and Callum Davidson's going to be the opposite of that. He'll just kind of do enough, I think, and he'll know these players well enough to, to kind of... Um, to, to make them safe, you know, I think they looked. Uh, they they didn't create much on Saturday, um, but they were very very solid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, Sandy's as Sandy said, they've got the a player in Don Thomas who can who can turn a game with yeah. you know with with run run. The three big unknown quantities are air because we don't know how Brown's going to do, and air are incredibly inconsistent. Are both because obviously um, after an initial bounce under Jim McIntyre, they've gone back to really struggling, and Dunfermline, who are pretty much in free fall at the moment, um, partly yeah. because of their injury problems, and we don't know if they're going to come out of that. So I think it's between it's going to be 
one from that four and tenth. Well, obviously, ninth and tenth are going to come from those four, I think, and I think Queen's Park will will, will avoid it. It's an absolute lottery, isn't it? In terms of you don't know. I mean, even these managers, Scott Brown, Duncan Ferguson, they don't know if these loan players are going to work out, do they? I mean, Air United's brought in Harry McHugh from Wigan on loan, Jack Sanders from Kilmarnock on loan, Kurt Willoughby from Oldham on loan, pretty similar profile to what we've been bringing in. Um, Queen's Park, I've got Callum Haspel from Rothis. Um, Joshua Scott from Newcastle. <laughs> Joshua Scott from Newcastle. James Crow from Cardiff on loan. Um, Mackenzie Carse from Celtic on loan. Ah, uh, well, the boy, the boy Willoughby is a good player um, that you've brought in. Um, he's got a decent pedigree down south, but um, I think I think he'll be fine. I think he'll do all right with them. Um, like I, what the boys were saying, I think Queen's Park. I think it's Dorfelmer and Broth for me. I think that's the biggest two challengers, and we've got, we've got them back to back, haven't we, in a few weeks' time? Yeah, Dunfermline, what business have they done? Um, Xavier not, not, Benjamin, not Cardiff on loan. Malachi Fagan Walcott, Cardiff on loan. Brad Holmes, Blackpool from lo- on loan. And then uh, Harry Sharp's gone back to Dundee. So, yeah, even with their injury problems, they've only brought in three players. It's like a water down version of their transfer window, isn't it? You know, just a lot of boys from England on loan yeah. and uh, let's see what happens. That front has been their problem as well. They haven't really had an, an out-and-out goal scorer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know their their loss was Airdrie's gain when Airdrie picked up Podrov, and they've kind of struggled to replicate a lot of that because players like well McCann, McCann's not really a striker; he's more of a kind of winger. But they're playing him up front because he seems to be the most kind of dangerous player. And again, you know Craig White is one of these players who, if he can be arsed, can can play yeah. quite well, but hasn't for quite a while while he's been there. What Chalmers still in Dunfermline? A... Yeah, Joe Chalmers still there. Isn't he? He's still floating around. Smoking Joe, aye, still there. Aye, aye, he is. Mm. Aye. He's actually uh, he's he's wearing a barnet and he's he's calling himself Remy Savage now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a similarity in there. Definitely. <laughs> um, there's one player I thought I was quite surprised. Uh, Queens Park have let Jack Spongo uh, in the first game of the season. He absolutely ran the show from like a deep lying creative uh, midfield role. Didn't even remember him. Yeah, did, did they let him go? It wasn't like just the end of loan they or just whatever. Just let him go. No, they just let him right. go. Yeah, strange one. He's a really, really creative, really good player, a good player. So, sort of player that would fit in uh, Ferguson's system the way he wants to play anyway. So, Duncan, if you're listening, Jack Spong, available for nothing. Buttons. Buttons. For McDonald, up the castle, Liverness men, Weechies, Hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, BT's Pizzas, Judas, Teddy, Farland Park, the library, Spectrum Centre, Molly Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile, Media Centre, Matalan. The club, what's been going on at the club? Uh, there was the trust meeting on Saturday just past, uh, at which there was about 30, 40 people in attendance and uh, board representative Scott Young was also in attendance, as was the chairman Ross Morrison and Sandy was there and Andrew was there. Did you have a nice time? Aye, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. We kind, of, we kind of lurked at the back in the shadows and quietly enjoyed uh, our our, our soft drinks, uh, one because I was mm-hmm. driving, and two because Andrew's obviously on a health kick right now. Was it uh, was it the trust and the, the board members on a table, or was it was it just an open forum? How how was it set up? Um, the trust, so the the trust members were sort of at one table, and then Ross Morrison and Scott Young were sort of at another table, um, to the side of them, and then the the hoi polloi, the rabble were kind of just scattered around the the bar, you know, right. firing questions, uh, and the the trust kind of 
chairman who's kind of was was kind of like hosting it. You know, Jen was there, a lot of Grant was there. Baino was now on the board of the Sports Trust as well. You and Bain and um, guy called Robert, who I think is quite a prominent poster in CTO. He was on Nice Guy as well. He's a kind of a new member as well. So they're obviously, I mean, the, the trust board is recruiting. You know, and there's people kind of like trying to get involved and trying to you know and 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 get their voices heard. So that's good. Uh, Ross Morrison. For the most part, I mean, he was there for what about the first half hour or so, yeah. Uh, and that was ma- that was mainly to discuss when uh, the the upcoming review for the Battery Park on on Wednesday, uh, and he was kind of stressing its importance to the club. And I think somebody asked him if there was a kind of contingency plan should it not go ahead. And I'm pretty sure I saw a vein like pop out of his head at that point. <laughs> um, he was definitely <laughs> worried uh, if if it doesn't go to plan, but he seemed. I suppose he has to be quite confident that it's going to work, but um, yeah, it doesn't sound like there's much going if if, if things kind of go hooters at. I can't remember for sure if Scott Gardner said so, but I'm pretty sure he said a while back that this would be a kind of there'd be a more consistent flow of cash coming in if the battery fund right. would come to fruition. No, I uh, I think that 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 has been. I don't know if road back on is fair because I think um, maybe maybe that wasn't said at first. But I think what you said on Saturday was that when the battery farm, if the battery farm is approved, then we very quickly get um, seven figures of, you know, like some sort of seven figure cash injection. And what that does is that clears all existing debt. It allows directors to be paid back some of the money they've been putting in. And it allows the club to put some investment into areas which are then going to generate income streams. So he was talking about how there are people wanting to use the land that they own around the stadium. So they seem to have projects earmarked, which will then future gener- generate future income streams. That's what they're saying. And they also said that the money from it would be able to go into the hub, um, you know, the new hub up at the IRA or the old IRA. Um, so money's going to go into that as well, and it that was, it was what was it one point was it one point three million? He kind of that was his ballpark figure. Or, well, I think it was something like within the first six months, it was one point three million was what. Right, was I thought that no, I thought it was something with it that there was there was a, a picture at the UHI like something like one point three million that um I, I don't know but either disappeared or or was not going to be uh, that had been planned and was not going ahead, and that meant that if the hub didn't go ahead, then the town would be down to all weather pitches. That's right. So like there's that. meant to, there's meant to be a, a pitch plan yeah. for UHI, and, and right. I think they've, they've, they've put yeah. the proposals for that on the back burner. Right. Okay. So he was saying that, and he was saying that that makes it all the more urgent that the hub goes ahead, and that in turn makes it all the more important that the um, approval for the battery farm goes ahead. So he was talking about he used that to talk about the community um, benefit. Of the so club, what, the community what produces one point three million? Well, I thought I it might that might be the money coming from the the battery farm, or that might be the something to the hub. I'd need to I'd need to listen back to it. I can't remember. Right. Um, but so anyway, who, who I, owns I, the land? Anyway, so I I rely on the land in the battery farm if it goes ahead. And how do I, I, maybe I'm just been dumb and I miss? How do we benefit from the battery farm? As they told you, how we benefit? Because I don't know. It's all. It's great. It's very, very vague in my, in my I, opinion. He he didn't he didn't spell out why that money comes to us. I assume it's oh. to be with David Cameron, who's one of the directors, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm just kind of speculating at that. I don't know. Like, so I don't know if, like, for example, I, I also don't know if whether the the hub, the new hub, is going to be a source of a steady income stream for us as well. He talked about he's talked about that, and he talked about land around the stadium, and he's saying that the investment going into that area certainly would generate future income, and maybe that the hub does as well. I don't know. So that was, but that that was the main thing. He said that 
the only issue that they are com- they are not entirely confident about is the green space one. He says every other objection has been answered. It's the houses yeah. behind it that are objecting to us. It's the mm-hmm. residents that are the biggest block of there because it's so close to them. But all right, okay, okay. Um, it was actually uh, the immediate residents weren't so bad. Um, it's right. it's the other areas out with Milton Alleys and Inches were the ones that were so sort of steadfastly against it. They're actually further away than the folks that are there because it was sort of folks closer to Slack Buoy that, that are going to be closer to it and they didn't actually, there was no kind of refusal from them. So, Well, um, when, the, when this pod goes out, we'll, most people will know. We'll know already. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Um, I, I mean, let's like, say that, to be fair play to the chairman, he's quite, he, he's quite upbeat. He always seems quite a quiet sort of guy, but actually he was quite, he was actually quite entertaining, kind of mm-hmm. talking about Duncan Ferguson and very enthusiastic about, about Ferguson, sort of like doing impressions of him and that sort of stuff. I saw kind of a, a more kind of upbeat side to him. Um, the other, right. the big thing. He's, he's, uh, he's good at impressions, isn't he? Uh, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he? Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I see Ferguson. I don't get it for Ferguson. Am I missing that one? Is he always doing he that? Ask, he always asks. He always asks the question. He goes, uh, "We create a lot of chances. We create a lot of chances, don't we? Didn't we? That's right. Didn't we? There was one he talked about the January window, and it was. Uh, oh, Dunk comes into his office and says, uh, "Oh yeah, I need this player, and I need that player, and I need that player too." And Ross is like, "Right, which one do you need? No, I don't need him anymore. Forget him. No, forget him. I don't need him now. No, I take him instead." There you go. That, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel <laughs> we feel with confidence. Uh, is, that, is that a goldfish? He said that Dunk had um, for over had asked to sort of Luca and try and get offers out to over sort of fifty players at one point. So clearly, it was a very very busy window for everyone mm. involved. So mm. yeah, I can only imagine what the office must have been like on a daily basis during mm. the January window. So right. I suppose the other big thing coming out the um the meeting was the fact that Scott Young has who was there again. So that's the third one in a row he's been there for. He's now been appointed the new supporters liaison officer uh, at the club. He was appointed on Friday, so he is replacing Gordy Fife, and he's promised that he'll respond to the emails from that. Um, and you get the impression that he is wanting to take the job really seriously, and he does want to sort of um you know improve the communication. Um, I mean technically speaking. That does really go against the guidelines mm-hmm. that the Supports Direct Scotland and the SFA published because they're saying that it's best practice that the SLO should not belong to the senior management of the club. And um, experience from other countries shows that the recruitment of SLOs from the fan base has worked well. So that suggests that the club is still very much want to keep a tight rein on that. Mm-hmm. But I do, th- I do think within that, to be fair, we know he is a genuine supporter. We know that he had a season ticket or sad a season ticket for a long time. So from that point of view, I think he's he's going to probably give his best to the job. Um, so he said, I asked him about access podcast past podcast access to players, um, and if he could explain why we were being denied access and what the privacy policy was, and was there anything we could do to change that? And he was pretty honest, saying, "I don't know, so I'll ask." So he's going to put the question. So it's clear that that's not something that's kind of been discussed at board level. Presumably, it's Scott Gardner really that's made that decision, or him and another director but it's not something that the board have discussed so scott's going to go back and ask about that um he said he was going to follow up uh, with dan uh, you, you'll know see him he used to be in, involved in the highlights package team with andy dan, and dan Hutchinson. Dan Hutchinson, yeah so he he raised a very valid point about the highlights package being pretty shit and um so he promised to have a meeting with him about that as well which would be good you know because that's that's an easy fix and something that could actually be a money raiser for us if we got advertising on it so it sounds like he's wanting to get stuff done oh, well we'll see we'll see anyway but at least, at least he's talking to us and uh yeah it's 
maybe baby steps, but we're yep. moving forward, hopefully. No, that's yep. great. A lot, of good, a lot of good stuff in there, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, okay, next, League Look Ahead. Where do you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Thistle the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jocksters, Dimes and Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Slaughters, Love to Love, King Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heepies, Jeepies, Johnny's, Riley's, Burgies, Kilmore, Who and I. Right, League Look Ahead. So we did these games before in the last poll, but we're now going to do them through the prism of the transfer window. Um, so at Saturday, 10th of February, at time of the recording, game coming up we've got Hibs in the Scottish Cup 17th of February we've got Park Thistle at home 24th of February we've got Arbroath away and the 27th of February a Tuesday night we got Dunfermline at home so Scottish Cup a bit of fun uh, a bit of fun against a well, very very poor Hibs side that if they lost this game um, he'd be, he would be getting his jotters um, do, do we have a chance of winning this match Sandy, based on, I'm not going to say based on the last game, based on the Wraith game, based on a team uh, that come out and play. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we do, absolutely. Um, as has been sort of said several times, you know, they're, they're, if they come up and play at us, we've got a great chance of beating them, I think, because of, of how we set up. They're playing very poorly right now. They got absolutely gaffed at the weekend at home to St Mirren, so their confidence won't exactly be high. There's already pressure on, on Nick Montgomery. We know that... Um, Hibs love a sacking, um, and the record up here overall is not very good. So, yeah, you know the priority is absolutely the league. There's no question about that. But knowing Dunk, he'll he'll want to put on a good show. He'll want to put a strong side out against them, make a good impression. It's a free hit for us, you know, more than anything else. The pressure is absolutely on Hibs to deliver in that game, and they'll take a big crowd up as well. If it doesn't go their way early on, they'll start turning on them. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if we win this game. But I equally wouldn't be surprised if we get absolutely gabbed as well. Um, but no, I'm I'm going into that one with quite a positive mindset. For some reason, I think we'll get a result. The only head with the the Wraith Rovers analogy is I think after they're getting pumped to begin, they want to come out and play. There'll be pressure on them to put a performance in, and obviously they're massive favourites. But I think this is, I, I think we can, we can play well. I think we can nick a goal if we can we can sort of hang on. I think a be two one or one nils on the cards and. The Cup was a welcome distraction for us last year, so it propelled us back in league form, didn't it? So, yeah, if even if we get beat, if we put a good performance in that can take it into the party game, then I'll be I'll be happy with that. But we need to, we need to have something get into the game of home at home against party in two weeks. I was this this sounds terribly negative, but I was um, just wondering what odds I'd get on us making yet another Scottish Cup semi final and getting relegated in the same season. Make some good money out of that, I think. That's the last 16, isn't it? So quarters next, yeah? Quarters next, yeah. yeah. So like this, I mean, one more. You know what we're like? I mean, we, we have made so many of these things. Remember, we, we, we did the stats last year. We crunched the stats last year about the number of times we've been in more mm-hmm. than just about any other club outside the old firm and so oh. Hearts and Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, after that, as Steve says, move on to Partick. Um, it's a home game. We don't like home games. They'll come at us, though. That's, yeah. that's only the silver lining, I think. Um Alice at United race they'll, they'll come at us at home, um, which should give us a bit of space. It's uh, the next two, which we'll talk about in a minute, that'll worry me a little bit. But see, yeah, see the system we play though, the five at about the five three two. That system is sort of predicated on hitting on the counter attack fairly quickly, and we don't tend to do that because we shift the ball, you know, as I say, quite laboriously from side to side. We've absolutely cut out crossfield passes, diagonal balls. Very rarely see. Cammy Harper or Shaw do that now when they used to do it 
you know, switch yeah. the play up before. They don't do it at all. Do you not think we need to change the play up a little bit in order to try and get results? Because so what we've been doing so far, it's not worked enough. I, I would, I, like you said before, I would, I would go 3 for 3 at home. You can adapt 5 3 2 to 3 4 yeah. 3, I think. A home against a team like Partick, who will come at us, go 3 4 3. You know, get down the sides of them, you know, and have have that other 10 or third striker sitting behind them, whether it be Pebble yeah. that comes in or Brooks or. Get three, like three strikers. You, you do get three strikers in there, you know. Ah, I mean, you play little, the, little, little, little triangle. why not? I mean, you could play Billy through the middle and you could play um, Samuel left or you could play. Um, I mean, I quite like to see Brooks playing in that little, you know, right-sided of the three. You know, I think he'd be really, think he'd be really good in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, you know, yeah, what? Shall I go further forward again? Well, well quite. Just um, yeah, you could even stick McAllister further up and see what he can do on one of those sides as well. Yeah, that's. A, I'd like to see. I would like to see that. But give us. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't sacrifice any sort of defensive solidity because you've still got five defenders and two holding fielders in there. So it'd be good to see. Yeah, yeah. I reckon the Partick Home has been pretty decent the last couple of games. I, don't, I can't remember them beating us. They had a bit of a little thing over for three years. I know away from home, uh, we struggled to obviously get a draw there at Christmas time, but I can't remember the last time Partick beat us at home. I think it's been a while, so hopefully yeah. that big of omen. Well, after, after that, it's, it's it's the two big ones. It's oh, six, they're, they're six pointers, are both away um, on the Saturday, and then just three days later, it's Dunfermline at home. Huge, Magic, huge Magic AY. Game in huge. Yeah. That's yeah, our season. Our bro- that's our season right there in that week, that long weekend. Mm-hmm. Our both haven't won since they beat us. Um, they were, to be fair, they were on a bit of a new manager bounce at that point. Still, you know. So I'm hopeful we might, we might have enough there. You know, obviously Ferguson's won there already, won at Gayfield already. They will have to push out at us again. So it might well play in our hands. You know, I, I think you know that one's a. That, that that's a reasonable chance, and Dunfermline, you just don't know. I mean, Dunfermline are in absolutely rotten form, but they've got those those injury problems as well. Those might have started to clear. I I, I really struggle to understand much about what Dunfermline are as a team. I suppose as Sandy was saying, they don't they don't score enough, but they weren't conceding many either. That all changed on Saturday, obviously, when they lost five to Morton. So you'd kind of think, I mean, that could be you know the start of them really, really, really struggling, or the the other way, it could be they could react to it. Yeah, I mean we rode our luck a lot against them, didn't we? Yeah. They've got but, players um, that can hurt us. Like, you know, they've got guys like Moffat and, and Hostler who are decent players on their day. You know, sort of players play. that we don't have. They're really mm-hmm. quick, they're really direct. The thing is as well, you know, if they carry on and free fall between now and that game, you know, who's to say that they won't change managers, you know, and we've mm-hmm. kind of fallen foul of that a couple of times already in the last yeah. sort of man between coming up against our broth and and Queen's Park, yeah. the new manager bounce has kind of come back by us on the arse a couple of times. Brilliant. Let's talk about a new manager bounce. When Ferguson took over, win, draw, win, draw, win, draw, six unbeaten. And since then, loss, win, loss, loss, draw, loss, win, loss, win, loss. We But in an entirety of the season, we haven't put two wins together all yeah. season. We haven't put two wins together. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and, underdogs, it was the ultimate. We, we were speaking about this before we recording. We would go 10 yeah. instead of winning underdogs, but then you go 7 8 in the bounce instead of losing. You know, we're, we're sticky and patchy, weren't we? But yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a good form. But is this more frustrating? So, would you say, is this more frustrating for you than the, the, the streakiness ah, of the previous team? Well, Dodds, oh, Ferguson's probably said more games this season than Dodds, but his points per game averages less than Dodds, but he's played more, so that's. That's understandable, but I think it's more 
you knew when we were on a bad run with, with odds, you know, it was it was bad. But then when we were good, you could see the sort of progression. I don't, you couldn't bet on us. You don't know what, what team's going to turn up. I mean, I, I, if we're away from home against a team that, that plays attacking football, I'll, I'll back us every week. It's the home games. I mean, yeah. we're a game at home. I'd love to know the last time we won a midweek league home game in the league. We don't yeah. play many of them, albeit, right? But I can't remember us winning. I remember the defeats to the likes of a bros during the week. The Hamilton game last year. I think it was away from home, wasn't it? But it was still back to back. But we don't win midweek home games, so that worries me for the firm one. So we don't we don't yeah. really win any home games right now. That's the problem, nah. isn't it? You know, <laughs> no, no, no. we just we yeah. score many either. What, so. Come on, Sandy. Nah, what's your what's your start? Yeah. What's your start year we're talking about uh, before we started recording? Yeah, come on. Aye. Well, yeah, okay. we were when I was walking back from uh, the the Queen Park game on on Saturday with with my old man, and um, he's he's quite a reserved kind of guy when it comes to supporting, but he was absolutely livid. Uh, full time coming out, and yeah, he he pointed out to me that um, we've only scored two goals in front of the North Stand all season, and in his particular case, he's not seen any goals because he missed the two games in which we scored them <laughs> in. So two 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 wins and two goals in front of the North Stand. So I think that works out at about 150 pound per win and goal right now for any season ticket holders out there. And what were the results in those two games that we scored two goals? In uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah yeah we lost two one both times. Just to throw it out there. Yeah, uh, it was the, the opening game against Queen. Yeah, it was the opening game against Queen's Park. Uh, Jake Davidson scored that day. That's how far back so we're that, going. So that tells me, given that we normally shoot towards the North Stand in the second half, we haven't scored any goals at home in the second half of the season. Bar, t- bar two. One, one. That was one. the eighth game. Billy scored but at that point. He made it one. No, that tells, that listen, I didn't know that. That tells its own story. That, yep. tell, that tells you... That's quite a damning indictment, actually, to be honest, of... Mm, what's yeah. going on at the moment in terms of football we can't turn the game around in the second half score one goal in the whole season um, Sandy I don't know if you know this mass. how many goals have we scored at home all season do you know roughly at home because I can't think of many at the other end either I think you're struggling to break into double figures I don't know, because I mean, even with the two with his, I think we beat we beat Air 3-1 we beat Airdrie 1-0 and what's what have we got after that we've got the after that, you're maybe talking. I mean, that's what four goals. Maybe after that, you're talking maybe another four or five, and that's right. all games that we. I think we drew with them firmly. Well, no. then you're talking about the games that. Yeah, and you're talking about the game we lost against Wraith. We lost two one. We lost two one. Our growth. Not the last three home, the, la, the, la, the last three home games. If you want to talk about league matches, we've not scored at all. No, no, Morton. Where does where, where does the impetus Sorry. come? Where does the impetus come from then, guys? Because. We're in a hole at the moment. We, we could get in a worse hole, but we're probably going to be in a similar situation as we go into the last month of the season. So does the impetus come from the players or does the impetus have to come from the stands to a certain extent, which is not something that generally could be said for Cali Stadium. Uh, but it was pretty flat on Saturday, but that's because you know there wasn't much product on the pitch uh, worth shouting about. But yeah. what something's got to give at some point whereby the team goes, right, we're fucking in a situation here. And as fans will go, right, we're in a fucking situation here. Both, and both, come both together both and actually produce something in terms of performance and noise. I don't think I you'll don't. get it from the stands at home. I've got to be honest, you know. And that's having, you know, just spent this season, really, is my first kind of season when I'm at pretty much every home game, you know. Uh, it just, and I, and I get it, you know, um, because the, the football's been so stodgy. It's so so there's there's no real sense of momentum um, on the pitch, and that you know I know it's a quiet ground anyway. Um, it's maybe I mean it might be easier to get kind of more up for it when it's kind of like the, the weather's a little bit better and stuff like that. But it it needs to come from the pitch first. The football needs to be you need to see yeah. chances that are not 
snapshots from the edge of the box. You need to see the ball kind of, you know, quissing across the face of the goal and someone just missing it or woodwork being hit or, you know, goal mouth kind of like battles, smashes, whatever, you know, that sort of thing to really, really sort of generate and sustain that sort of atmosphere, you know. Um, so I think the style of play is the only thing that's going to get that support from the from the the stands. You can you can't really artificially generate it in I a way that's can. going to make. I think Rangers are doing it. They've they've created. They do I don't I don't I, I don't think it should be called a singing section. I don't agree. You know, but they've recreated a singing section in one of their stands by moving season ticket holders into other seats and inviting people of all of all ages. It's not kids that want to come along to make more of a noise in that section. They've created Bigger that crowd to try and do that. But they've got bigger crowds and better football at the moment as well. So you know, it's very hard to say that um, they have sort of they've created that atmosphere like that. The atmosphere, okay, they've they've helped it along. All right, I think they've also got uh, traditionally probably got a support that does that more than ours anyway. You know, our away support's always been really good for that, but the home support is, hasn't been. You know, it's because it's because of condensing. I mean, it's about yeah. The boys are back in North Stand, Melbourne, so that's that's section eighty four over our side is finished now, isn't it? They're all in the North Stand, but. Is that, is that growing or is that getting less? Because the numbers I see look as if they're dwindling week by week. It depends on the game. If it's a game yeah. that's, uh, you know, if it's a game that you would sort of see as a, a big like next Saturday, for example, the Hibs game, they'll be, they'll be big, yeah. They'll be there. Yeah. yeah, they'll be there in numbers, but then they'll probably not be there so much against Partick, you know, the week Actually, after. And that. another another thing that came out at the meeting on Saturday, which does kind of like point up part of the problem here, is that they were talking about, um, I can't remember if it was Scott or the chairman. Asked, I think Scott actually asked about this. You know, where would we rather see the Section ninety four boys or the are the young team? Would we rather see them in the North Stand or in the West Stand? And the reason he asked that question is because they were sort of canvassing some of the existing support in there already, and some people were saying it's great having them there, but they'd already had complaints from people about the language and the noise and that sort yeah. of stuff. So if they're going to have you know people who are season ticket holders saying. I want to move. I want to change my seat because of that. Then that that's that's part of the issue, isn't it? As well, I put know? them in that. I put them in one of the massive blocks to the right side of the main stand that's generally vastly underused every game. Well, the, the open sections, yeah, yeah. Side. Uh, yeah. No, no, it, it looked it looked better in TV for for TV games as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, there was empty, but um, I um, that's a it's a long going battle that one. Listen, but, there's yeah. another. There's probably something. Like, I wouldn't mind doing something in the summer. Whereby we look at the demography, um, the demographic of Cali Thistle support and of uh, Inverness as a, as a city and a region itself, and and how do football clubs attract um, mainly young people, mainly young men? Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of guys in their late twenties or um, early thirties going to the games. They, I, tend, I, to, they I, tend to fall off. How do you get attraction? Well, I think it's the attention when you look at you get you get the, the casual fans. It's how you get those casual fans. They go to two or three games a season to go down and get a season ticket. I think it's the retention. It's it's got to be something there that they, 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 they sort of curiosity will get people there. It's keeping them there. I think yeah. you know I've, I've, it's, it's 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 a tough one now. Well, if anyone from UHI is listening, uh, you're a sociologist. Give us a shout. Yeah, forget you on. Right, competition time. On the last pod, we said that you could win. Uh, the best prize we've possibly ever given away, which was uh, an all-expenses-paid day at uh, Grant Street to watch the famous Clack Nakudden. So quite a few people retweeted and liked and all the rest of it on the social media. Uh, the tombola uh, is broken, so Andrew Young has got his, his hand in his sack and he's rustling around. Um, An old sack. Charming. 
He's rustling around in his old sack. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to let you pull out one of your pieces of paper in which you've scrawled in crayon the names of <laughs> all the people that have entered. Who's the winner? The winner of the hospitality at Clark is Liam McLeod. That is at Liam McLeod, Liam underscore McLeod 97. Congratulations, Liam. Hope you have a, a cracking day. And um depending on you know, I might be free that weekend. So please do get to get in touch. And it is a choice, it's a choice of whatever uh, home game you want to go to this calendar year. So if you can't make uh, one of the few games they've got left this season at Grant Street, I think you can go up until Christmas uh, next season. So that is competition time, uh, and that is us for the podcast this evening. Have you had a nice time, guys? I know it's been a bit listen, we're doing a lot of moaning. But there's things to moan about, isn't there? Aye, there's always that always. blind optimism. Always. You know, there's a cup game coming up that we're all thinking we're going to pump Hibs on Saturday, so that'll keep us going this week till we get pumped and then we, we worry about Party Sissel. But no, it's it's interesting times ahead. I think I think I think we'll have a few interesting podcasts to, to talk about in the next couple of months and we'll see what happens. Yeah. We're not we're not short of things to talk about, are we? You never are. Oh, lots going on. Okay, that's it for us. We will be back. In what are we now? Is this the start of February? This is the start of February. So we're back at the end of February, start of March, something like that. And um until then we are all off to wise off to place that bet. And then when we when we win it, he can buy the club. Something about monkeys? Something about David Spank. Carson. Maybe something uh, some bit of pathos about David Carson or something. Oh no, I got one. I got one. Right. Until then we are all off to burn our David Carson bucket hats. So bye from them. Say bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye from me. Take care of yourself and each other, and goodbye for now. Yep, yep. Obviously, I didn't mean that about David Carson's bucket hat.